Far-left protesters descend on Davos as global leaders meet for the World Economic Forum, and True North will be on the ground to cover the conference. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev pledges to stop arresting journalists following the recent arrest of rebel news journalist David Menzies by a police bodyguard for Deputy Prime Minister Chrystia Freeland. The Department of Family Medicine at Hamilton's McMaster University is apologizing for recognizing Sir John A. Macdonald's birthday. Hello Canada! It's Monday, January 15th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Isaac Lamoureux. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. As the World Economic Forum annual meeting kicks off in Davos, Switzerland, a large group of far-left protesters began their trek to the Alpine Resort Village to voice grievances ranging from anti-Israel complaints to demands for climate justice. The protesters, who belong to various movements such as Strike WEF, Young Socialist Switzerland, and Group for a Switzerland Without an Army, are expected to join a demonstration in central Davos on Sunday afternoon. Strike WEF has circumvented a ban on demonstrations on the main road to Davos, and embarked on a hike from the nearby town of Klosters using back roads. The group says it is protesting against the global elite who attend the WEF and their role in perpetuating inequality, fascism, and ecological destruction. They also express solidarity with various causes such as the Israel-Hamas war, LGBTQ rights, and Antifa. The WEF, which brings together political, business, and civil society leaders from around the world, is expected to see hundreds of delegates speak under the theme of rebuilding trust. True North's Andrew Lawton and Cosmin Georgia will provide on-the-ground exclusive coverage for the entire duration of the World Economic Forum. The WEF uh, attracts a wide range of characters, including radical climate activists, but do these climate activists have a point when it comes to highlighting the hypocrisy of world leaders and their efforts to combat climate change, such as taking jets and limos to conferences uh, while punishing regular citizens to reach uh, ambiguous climate targets, Noah? I think they do, Isaac. While we may disagree with uh, their goals when it comes to their radical climate activism or their stance on the Israel-Hamas war, at least they have the courage to take it to Davos, take it to the world leaders uh, that are pushing for the uh, types of things that they uh, want to see in the world and to actually uh, take hold them to account. At the end of the day, these world leaders are making the most important decisions when it comes to uh, business and politics on a global stage. So going to the World Economic Forum to try and push for whatever uh, goal you want to push for, it, it, it is con commendable. However, we must make sure that even from Canada, uh, we are holding these world leaders to account so that they are not just uh, coming back from Davos and implementing uh, whatever radical climate goals that they hear uh, at that conference. We need to ensure that our, our world leaders are uh, instead representing us, uh, the people of Canada. And it, that's why we are sending off our journalist, uh, Cosmin Zerja, 
uh, and Andrew Lawton and our producer Sean uh, to the conference in order to uh, in order to try and get interviews with these world leaders, see where their mindset at, and then also just to see uh, what is happening at the World Economic Forum, a conference that is notoriously uh, closed off to independent journalists uh, and to the wider public at large. So we are doing the important work on the ground while much of the legacy media, uh, while much of the legacy media ignores the t- uh, the work that we're doing and just uh, what's happening at the World Economic Forum in general. And yeah, Noah, you uh, kind of already alluded to this, but why is it critical for True North to be on the ground at the WEF? Right. It's really important for us to be down on the ground on, at Davos because we cannot rely on the legacy media's reporting uh, on the WEF. As we've seen in the past, uh, the, the people who go to the WEF are very influential. Uh, these are the people who, you know, in government, they're going to be making the important decisions, uh, decisions of these governments. And the business leaders that go to uh, this conference, they are going to be the ones collaborating with government uh, and making important decisions uh, for the consumer. Uh, And as I said, we can't depend on the legacy media's reporting on these events because oftentimes the legacy medias are are, are the ones who are invited as special guests to these events uh, to talk on panels and to cover the event only if they cover it favorably. If not, they would not be invited uh, to the WEF and given special permission. So uh, we're there to report on the truth, on what is really going on on the WEF, to tell you uh, what uh, is happening at these conferences uh, and to tell you and to try and get interviews with world leaders and uh, business leaders in order to see where their thinking is at. So it is very important that we are on the ground. And if you are able, uh, please consider making a donation to True North to support our coverage of the W uh, uh, the World Economic Forum conference. Uh, if you, uh, as you can anticipate, the trip is not going to be cheap. Uh, there's flights, hotels, and so forth that uh, needs to be covered, and it all really adds up. So your support would be much appreciated. The recent arrest of Rebel News journalist David Menzies by a police bodyguard for Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland was one of many assaults on press freedom by the Liberals' conservative leader Pierre Polyev says. Menzies himself asked Polyev to lay out what he'd do differently from the Liberal government on media regulations at a Winnipeg press freedom conference Friday morning. Polyev pledged to rescind Bill C-11 and fight back against other censorship plans being imposed by the Liberal government. According to Polyev, This legislation enables the selective promotion and demotion of information as well as outright censorship, a practice he argues is absent in other democratic nations. Polyev also alleged that the Liberal government's actions were undermining Canadians' confidence in the media. Thank you. We are going to repeal C-11, the censorship law, which allows CRTC bureaucrats to secretly manipulate social media algorithms to promote certain information, demote other information, and censor certain things altogether. This is a form of censorship that exists nowhere in the democratic world. Um, Margaret Atwood actually said that this was creeping totalitarianism. This is Margaret Atwood. This is not a conservative, obviously not a conservative, but she is an artist, a true artist, who believes that freedom of expression and freedom of the press is necessary. We're going to stop arresting journalists. It's outrageous for the prime minister to have, and his government uh, to have journalists arrested for ask, merely for asking questions of ministers and uh, of public officials. 
um, and we're going to make sure that the government uh, does not give to, use tax dollars to leverage news coverage in its favour. Right now, Justin Trudeau is censoring those that, that he disagrees with and trying to buy off the rest. And that, makes, that undermines confidence among Canadians in the news media. The incident in question occurred during a memorial service dedicated to the victims of Flight PS752, where Menzies was apprehended by law enforcement officers while attempting to question Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland on a public street. Although the arresting officer claimed Menzies had assaulted a police officer, Menzies was subsequently released without charges. So Isaac, for many years, we've seen the Liberal government take a favorable tack towards the legacy media, handing them bailout money, uh, handing them taxpayer monies, uh, handing them taxpayer monies and implementing legislation to their benefit, uh, so, so they say. Uh, but do you think that it is time for the country to have a prime minister that won't kowtow to all the legacy media's demands, but actually will keep the press independent and free? Yeah, no, I have to say it was quite refreshing to witness a leader willing to stick up for the press. Uh, not only that, but Poilievre is willing to also stand up to the bad press, who might be asking ridiculous questions and, and call them out. We all remember the how, how about them apples <laughs> example recently. And of course, as you alluded to, Poilievre is also willing to stand up to the legacy media. He's talked about defunding the CBC, who received over $1.3 billion last year in public funding. I'm curious, Noah, how do you think him removing all of or even just a small portion of the funding that uh, legacy media receives would reshape the uh, media landscape in Canada? I think it will reorient the incentives that the legacy media has. Right now, the legacy media, they have a financial incentive to uh, show the liberals in a positive light when, you know, they're doing their, to show the liberals in a positive light when they're writing up their articles or they're doing the 6 p.m. national news or whatnot. Uh, it, it definitely reorients the incentives that they have to be so supportive of the liberals. And also, in general, it'll just make sure that uh, those who are the media outlets that who are delivering the news that can Canadians want to see and hear are actually uh, making uh, money from their endeavors, while uh, media that is not uh, doing that uh, won't be making money. Uh, and also, I think it will go a long way in making sure that uh, journalists don't feel as if they have to, you know, write a positive article on a government announcement in order for their job to be secure two, five, ten years down the road, and that their work would be supported by an audience. So I think just getting rid of those bailouts will do a lot in making the press a lot more free uh, in this country and going back to a time where the press was a lot more critical of governments left, right or center. Yeah. And obviously, uh, as you mentioned during the story there, Poilievre said that he plans to rescind Bill C-11, which I actually view as more beneficial uh, for society than defunding legacy media, not just for independent media, but for anyone in Canada that believes in freedom of the press and freedom of information. Uh, a legacy media that's bought and paid for, coupled with Bill C-11, which allows the federal government to control the news and control what people see uh, on an unconscionable level, in my opinion, is, is a recipe for disaster. With Bill C-11, obviously, yeah, the federal government can regulate uh, what internet content you can see, giving them essentially the ability to control what you see and consume, and therefore what you believe. So stopping something like this needs to be 
the top concern for any democratic or free society, in my opinion. And also just a small mention, I've met David Menzies in person, and he's a really nice, uh, really nice guy. I, I, I hate to have seen something like this happen to him. The Department of Family Medicine at Hamilton's McMaster University is apologizing for, quote, inadvertently mentioning that January 11th was Sir John A. Macdonald's birthday in its multicultural calendar. According to an email sent to members of McMaster's Family Medicine Program obtained by Quillette journalist Jonathan Kay, the department wrote, quote, We would like to sincerely apologize for the mistake we made in the DFM Digest's multicultural calendar yesterday. We inadvertently included the mention of Sir John A. Macdonald, which is a day that commemorates a person who was responsible for the genocide and oppression of Indigenous peoples in Canada. The university says, including Macdonald's birthday was, quote, a grave oversight on our part, and that it, quote, regrets any hurt or offense that this caused anyone. The email also reaffirmed McMaster's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion ideology. Noah, how sad is it that universities in Canada are bending the knee to woke activists and trying to erase our history? I think it's very sad, Isaac. Uh, personally, John A. Macdonald is my favorite prime minister. The things that he did uh, to build this country, the incredible efforts uh, that it took to unite not just uh, Upper and Lower Canada, but also the maritime pro provinces in order to create uh, the Canada that not we don't we don't necessarily know and love today, but it was the groundwork. Uh, for the Canada that we know and love today. And it is just really hurtful that uh, these activists at McMaster want to come after uh, such a great uh, prime minister, especially uh, since it wasn't even as if John A. treated the uh, Aboriginal people of Canada in an especially uh, cruel and unusual way. The fact of the matter is John A. was a friend to many uh, Indigenous people. He actually took pity uh, on their situation and didn't View, didn't view them uh, as a race to be exterminated or something like that. And John A. definitely, definitely did not perpetuate any genocide whatsoever, not, much less a genocide against Canada's indigenous people. So it is an absolute travesty that McMaster is treating John A.'s legacy in this way. We'll probably only see the progression of this because the left, they want to go after every single significant person in history. I think uh, Wilfrid Laurier will be next on the chopping block, but John A. McDonald's legacy definitely does not deserve to be tarnished in the way that it is being tarnished right now. So Noah, how can, can Canadians stand up against all of this woke nonsense? I think the best way to do that is to actually have an understanding of what you're talking about. A lot of the woke activists or the people that are being convinced uh, by the woke activists that Johnny McDonald is some sort of monster are people that just don't know enough about Johnny McDonald. I think uh, uh, education from grade 1 through 12 does not do a good enough job teaching students why our first prime ministers were so great at keeping this country together and not having Canada be subsumed into the United States as just uh, the 51st or 52nd states of the United States. Uh, Canada is a country that is to be cherished and the things that John A. Macdonald helped to do uh, in the multiple constitutional conventions to convince the delegates uh, to sign on to the project that we now call Canada, I, I think was extremely 
extraordinary. So just having more uh, of a historical understanding and what great leaders have done in order to make uh, Canada the great country that it is today in order to have the prosperity that we all enjoy. Uh, it, it is really important. It is something that not enough people have uh, and it's something that people should seek out if they don't have. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, please keep an eye out for The Andrew Lawton Show from Davos later today and Ratioed with Harrison Faulkner. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbours. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.